Our pastor of the house gave us a great message about finishing the race that God began in us. And how if we take our eyes off um, the race and start focusing on the things that's happening around us, that we can lose out in the end. All that righteousness you built up will count as naught in the end if you turn back away from God. You understand? So here's King Saul to set up a, a place of idolatry within his heart. Because, see, we've got to understand about sin and how it operates. Sin begins in, the manifest, in, in, in your mind, in your thought process. That's what sin begins at. And then once sin is conceived, it looks for an opportunity to where it can manifest itself into, our, in, in, into becoming a reality. Y'all understand that? So it begins as a thought, and then that thought, only thing that thought's waiting for is an opportunity to go on back there and pull you back into the world, pull you back into that lifestyle, pull you away from the things of God, pull you away from your anointing that God placed over you, pull you away from your calling that God has given you. That's what sin does. So Saul began to operate in idolatry and rebellion. Let me show you something. Remember, what I found to be funny in here is that it says that the um, witchcraft, is the work of the flesh. And every time we look at witchcraft, one thing we think about is a bunch of witches, a little group or a coven, them casting out spells on people, sending delusions. Well, guess where the word witchcraft comes from? In the Greek, the word witchcraft means pharmakia. Pharmakia. From ph- the word pharmakia, that's where we get the word pharmacy. Y'all understand that? That's where we get the word pharmacy. And you know what a pharmacist do. A pharmacist do what? He give you drugs, right? But what are those drugs supposed to do? It's supposed to mask. It's supposed to cast a spell on you to make you feel like you're healed. But in actuality, all it does is mask the pain. You understand? That's what the pharmacy or pharmacia does to you. All right? So that's what witchcraft is. It casts you spells on you to think that you're saving, you're delivered. But no, bro. You in direct obedience to God. Let me show you what witchcraft really is. Let's go to First Samuel. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Okay, good. First Samuel chapter 15. Let's skip on down to verse 21. <laughs> he command again. But the, uh, here's, here's Saul's answer to Samuel, 21. But the people took up the spoil, the sheep and the oxen and the chief things, which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. Ain't that just like man? Let's take it all the way back to the beginning when sin first entered into the world. Adam and Eve sinned, right? After they sinned, what the first thing they did? They covered themselves, right? Try to hide their sin because they knew they was naked, right? And then when they weren't expecting it, then the voice of the Lord called out unto them, what they began to do? They began snitching, pointing fingers. Here's Saul, then got caught, he misused his authority or his um, anointing in God. And, and instead of him coming with a contrite heart and trying to be forgiven for his sins, what he started doing? He started pointing fingers. He said, but the people. There go that big old but, but the people. That, that, that's sad commentary when a leader know they out of order with God. And instead of them getting it right with God, they want to sit there and cast it on the people. You understand? And blame the people for their own misfortune. All right? Let's see what the, um, Saul, the one that's been instructed by God, 
to tell this king, because the king is in a position of authority, about his ways. And Samuel, um, 15 and 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken, which means to listen, is better than the fat of rams. Let's get to verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of what? And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. So when you start dealing with the work of the flesh, you don't have to be dressed up in black doing um, chants and seances to be considered operating in witchcraft. The Bible says here, when any time you are in rebellion to the word and the commandments of God, you are operating in witchcraft. You understand? And that's a, that's a, that's a real bad sin. Because back under the law, anybody that was caught operating under witchcraft, they was to be stoned and killed amongst Israel. You understand? So when you're operating in direct disobedience to the word of God, you're operating in witchcraft. And let me show you the dangers about that. Because the more and more we are in rebellion or we rebel against God, the more that demonic forces are given the rights to influence our life. You understand? So when you're walking with God and you're in good standing with God, you're operating in the spiritual light. See, in the spirit realm, God got certain laws in place. And the only place that Satan can operate in, in any place, is in darkness. And see, when you're off the path of God, you're operating in darkness. And when you're operating in the darkness, then those dark forces and demonic forces, they are given a license to come in and wreak havoc in your own life. Mm-hmm. So Saul rejected the command of God. And in order to please his desires of the flesh, he misused this anointing for self-glory and he yielded to the flesh. Let me tell y'all something about this yielding. One of the worst things to be in the body of Christ is to be around a Christian, a person that's been born again, that then tasted the goodness of God, whether they're in leadership or whether they're sitting in a pew. It's bad when they have done those things and then they yield back to the flesh. They become dangerous. Why? Because they're unstable. And they think they're walking in the will of God, but until they fix that thing that they've done in repentance, they're still operating in that rebellion. They still are participating in that witchcraft. Does that make sense? And the thing that we got to understand is don't think because we're under grace that it gives you a right to disobey the word of God. You understand? And many times you hear people always talk about what laws of God are done away with. Why? Because they don't want to answer for their ways. They want to use the word to try to cover up the junk that they do. We all do it. But it ain't right that we do it. Because stubbornness adds iniquity and adultery. And the thing that we got to understand, the reason why we get pulled back in our spiritual walk is because we never did be obedient to God. We never did destroy those desires. And those desires, they later become manifest as thorns in our flesh. So let's look at what... um, the Bible, let's get a script to go along with that. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 12, verse 7. Because we didn't destroy Agag, that, 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 that spiritual ego inside of us, that lust of the flesh. Because we didn't kill off those Amalekites. Those spiritual desires, those carnal desires, or lust for the worlds. 
All right, they become a thorn in our side. Let's read what the um the scripture says about that. I'm gonna start at um twelve and six if y'all don't mind. For though I would desire to be to, to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or he that heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted, lifted up, in a place of pride within myself, above measure, through the abundance of the revelations of God, there was given to me a what? A thorn. That's those little sins that you didn't destroy. Those those little things inside of you that you didn't get rid of when you was born again. And what did the Bible say it was? The messenger of Satan. That's what these things are. Because see, when you don't close the door or close that chapter of those past lives that you have, or those past sins that you used to operate in, when you get to your lowest place, that's when Satan going to use those things to draw you back out to him. You understand? And if you went from walking a path of righteousness, because in God, righteousness is the standard. You go from that to you go and be pulled back into the world. You understand? And when you operating in, 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 in that kind of spirit, it messes everything up. You'll know that you, you, you're wrong because you'll start to begin. Most people will see the errors of their ways. And be like, man, I got to get this right. All right? So let me show you what happens to you when you're operating in that disobedience, when you allow that spirit of witchcraft, because you're not following the will and the word of God, what will happen to you. Let's go back to 1 Samuel 15. Still dealing with Saul. Still dealing with that king. Because, see, we're under the order of Melchizedek. No longer do God require us to give burnt offerings. You know, ourselves, we become kings and priests, and God requires of us to become a living sacrifice unto him. He wants something that's living and breathing to praise and worship his name. Not no dead animal, not no blood of all rams. He wants us. We got to be born again. We got to become those vessels that can be used by God. So let me show you what's going to happen to these Saul's. And when I say Saul's, I'm talking to each and every one of them. Every, let every man examine himself. All right. Let's go down to um, verse 25. 1 Samuel 15, verse 25. And here's Saul. Saul said, I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I might worship the Lord. And Samuel, the one that's been instructed of God, the hearer of God, said unto Saul, Okay, I will not turn with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of God. Mm, we're getting into some... Some dangerous waters right now. Since thou hast rejected the word of God, and the Lord has rejected thee from being king over his people Israel. So not only did you grieve the Holy Spirit and make God say within himself, I repented that I created man, all right, or created um, Saul to be king, but now God's telling him even greater condemnation. Since you rejected the word of God, I'm going to reject you. Everything that you've been blessed with through the anointing, because the gifts and callings of God come without repentance, through the anointing that God has placed over you, God said, I'm about to snatch it away. Mm. And, and, ask, and let's see this. So God then rejected him from being the king of his people Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold of the skirt of his mountain and he rented. 
So as Samuel was beginning to turn away and walk away from Saul, Saul reached and grabbed that mantle that was on Samuel. What do that represent in the spirit realm? So Samuel, <clears throat> so what happened here, Saul gave a half-hearted repentance. That, that, that's for us that come to church every day and we got an outer appearance that we, we worship and serve God. But as soon as we leave the church ground, we back into the things of the world. We playing with God, okay? So Saul laid hold of the mantle. That mantle represents that anointing that was placed over Saul's life to be king over Israel. You understand? All right, let's see what happens. He went to go try to touch that anointing again. This is when the spirit didn't left you, bro. You think you're doing all right and, and, and your relationship's not right with God, you're going to grieve the spirit and eventually God going to get, if you don't repent, God is going to get tired of dealing with you and he's going to snatch that thing that he placed over you. You understand? So what he's going to do, when you reach out and try to grab and operate in that anointing, you're gonna, it's going to be snatched away from you. It's going to be gone. And let me show you what happened. Let me right quick. I got to show you something right quick. Because the same thing is going to happen to the one that God is going to place in Saul's place. Go with me to 1 Samuel 24. This is a warning to us heroes of the word. 1 Samuel 24 and 4. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thy hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose, and he cut off Saul's robe privately. That's a prophetic that just happened there. The kingdom and the anointing of God was already removed from this leader. You understand? So God had to raise up somebody else in his steed. And David had God delivered because Saul took on a wicked spirit. He wanted to, to seek out and destroy David. And then God gave David the perfect opportunity to, to, to do whatever he wanted with, with Saul. But what did David do? It said that David cut off or rent that mantle that was on Saul. You understand? Because David was the next to inherit the, um, the rulership as king over Israel. So he had to take that anointing that was on Saul that God done away and rejected Saul. And he had to get it for himself. That's why he snatched it up. Instead of killing him, he just took his anointing. Let's go back. Let's go to um, 1 Samuel 15 and 28. Y'all still with me? Hey, good. And Samuel said unto him, the Lord has rent. That means he snatched it. The kingdom of Israel from thee this day. And has given it to thy neighbor that is better than thou. That's a warning for us that have been placed in our anointing has put us in a position in this world, could be rather than ministry, rather than on your job, wherever, in your family, that you sat there and you misused God's anointing. And God had to raise up another person to take your place. And not only did he raise up another person, he said, I'm going to give it to a neighbor that is better than you. Thank God for King David, the king and the priest, a man after God's own heart. God will always raise up another when wickedness becomes seated in the high places of authority in our lives. Y'all understand that? Let's skip on down, because i got to show you this. Look at verse 29. And, uh, and also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. All right? That strength of Israel is the most high. It's God. That's his spirit. 
So when you think you're going to go back there and you're still standing in God, you don't realize you're standing in flesh. Because you ain't rectified and make that situation with God right. You understand? And that strength, that power, that anointing which you operated in isn't been snatched from you. And you still want to stand, but you don't understand. You got to get this thing right with God so that God can restore you. I don't know who this word is for. I had a mindset on teaching a little more about awakening of a slumbering nation. And this thing was changed. So I know it's in the house. Let's go to 1 Samuel 16 and 14. Let me show you what's going to happen to the souls in us. You got to make this message personal. Let's show you what's going to happen to the souls in us if we don't get this thing right with God. Let's go to 1 Samuel 16 and 14. So you're still thinking you're operating in the spirit and anointing of God, but your lifestyle don't show up. Your attitude got jacked up. You're doing and saying things you ain't got no business doing. You're acting in a certain way. Why is it like that? Because the spirit of the Lord did what? Departed from you, from Saul. And what took his place? Evil spirit. Mm. So this is a warning to the Saul spirit operating in this house. Again, every man examining himself. That rebellious spirit can cause an evil spirit to come upon you. So Saul, what he ended up doing, he spent the rest of his life living in envy, jealousy, anger, hatred, and he became more and more of a murderer. He was operating more and more in the works of the flesh. God, the spirit of God was no longer with him. So in closing, I just want to stop and say, so what do we need to do? How can we fix this situation in us? And again, it got to become personal to you. Let every man examine his own heart. What can we do? Let's skip down into um, still dealing with uh, 1 Samuel 15. First Samuel 15, let's skip on down to um, verse 32. This is what got to happen to us. Just like James 1 and 22 said, we got to become not only hearers of the word, we got to become doers of the word. Let's see what the word did. We know Samuel represents those that are instructed of God or those that are hearers of God. So the hearer of God or the instructor of God said, bring ye hither to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came delicately. And Agag said, surely the bitterness of death is past. So here come Agag, strutting, thinking he's going to be given mercy. Thinking all God and forgot all the evil that he's done. But let me show you what the hero of God said. And Samuel said, as thy sword has made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless amongst women. And Samuel Hewed Agag into pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. That's what we got to do as born again believers. We got to get back to a place of repentance. Ask God to forgive us of our ways. And we got to ask God to restore in us and feed us his word. And we got to take that word and we got to go back and destroy those Agags that we didn't destroy in that first battle against the Amalekites. We got to destroy those carnal desires that's still hidden inside of us that pulls us back into the world when things in our life get shaken and we don't um, want to follow and stay on the path God has placed us on. That's what we got to do. Go with me to Second Thessalonians, and I'm wrapping this thing up today. Second Thessalonians.
go to um, chapter 2, verse 3. And it reads, let no man, uh, excuse me, y'all got it? Okay, let's, let's read it. And it said, let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall come not, except there come a falling away first. I know y'all have heard this preached many times about, well, there's going to become a, a falling away in the world. And then, you know, many believers of God are going to go back to the world and leave the church or whatever, you know, theologians say. But I want to take it to an even more personal level. That falling away before it happens into the world is going to start inside of you if you don't get it right. The falling away starts with the individual first, and then it affects society. That's why you see our society now in such a moral decline. People, um, people don't care about life. We don't value life no more. We kill people for no reason. We kill because of the color of their skin. We, we hate each other for whatever reasons. We even need people that's in church, born again. It's supposed to be of the spiritual flock of Israel. We still hate each other. Sunday's the most segregated time in this society. You understand? That's a problem there. So that shows me that the following way begin first within the heart of the individual. Listen to what that individual do. Who, oppo- who opposes, opposes the word of God and exalts himself, takes on idolatry. Idolatry begins on the inside with your pride. When your pride is lifted up, pride comes before the, the, um, the fall. You understand? Exalted itself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God. What's the temple of God? The temple of God is you. You're the temple in which the Holy Spirit dwells. When you become prideful, you operate in sin and the spirit of rebellion and witchcraft is on your life, you lift yourself up. God's no longer dealing with you. You've got to get to a place of repentance. Because rebellion is at the sin of witchcraft, which causes us to exalt our own will above the will of God in us. And I'm closing there for today. So here's a message, just a word, just a recap. Everybody here is a representation of Saul. You've entered into a walk with God. Most of y'all that, that, that's been born again and saved, you're on a spiritual journey with the Most High. All right? But when you got born again, you was born again in spirit, but we had to get to a place where we began to kill all those carnal thoughts of our flesh, those lusts and desires of the eyes, the, the, um, the lust of the flesh, those things, those easy sins that made us who we were in the world. We got to get rid of them. They can't be long, no longer a part of our journey. And I'm going to tell you something, and this is a warning to you, especially if you're a person that's in position or God and you place an anointing on you to be doing and operating a certain thing, don't allow God to say within himself that he repented that he called you. You understand? You start to stay firm in your faith and you walk the walk that God has ordained for you to walk in. Everybody got that? Y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise for the day.